Welcome in, boy oh boy, do we have some drama for you on the show. I'm Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports is how you find us covering the Big 12. What a week it's been, and yes, we are going to get to all of it here on the show. (laughs) Oh boy, Um, I took the last couple of days to let this all settle down and figure out what the heck's going on with the Big 12 tiebreaker situation. We'll get to all of it, don't worry. But I do want to start off the show as we do each and every week at this point, and that is with my Big 12 football power rankings from worst to first. As always, welcome in. If you're on YouTube, hit the thumbs up, subscribe to the channel, and if you're on the podcast, five stars, baby, what do you say? Leave us that rating and review. That will help us tremendously, and um, we'd appreciate you taking 30 seconds out and doing that. So let's count down the power rankings from worst to first in the Big 12 and then get to some of the other nonsense happening around the league. So at the bottom of the Big 12 power rankings this week is a new number 14, BYU. The Cougars are now in dead last in our Big 12 football power rankings, and that's because they have lost their last three games against Texas, West Virginia, and Iowa State by a combined score of 157 to 26. That's how bad it's been for BYU over the last three games. Woo, boy, oh boy, that's bad. So BYU is 14th, dead last in the power rankings, and uh, that means there's a new worst team in our power rankings in the Big 12. Sorry, BYU, but someone's got to be in last, and boy, not looking good there right now. Number 13 in the power rankings, staying there, the Baylor Bears. Of course, a miserable season continues for Dave Aranda. They lost to Kansas State by nearly 40 points. Uh, They are not going to a bowl game, and they just look atrocious at every level. Dave Aranda called it rock bottom. He is right. Things are not good right now in Waco. No doubt about that. Meantime, at number 12 in the Big 12 football power rankings, Houston, down from number 10. They were a week removed from an overtime win against Baylor, but they did not carry any of that enthusiasm into their home game against Cincinnati on Saturday. Disappointing to say the least. 14 points, yuck. Oh, come on now. So Houston comes in at number 12 on the power rankings this week. Cincinnati is number 11, up from number 14. They're out of the basement. First Big 12 win for the uh, Bearcats. Congratulations, even if it's a former AAC school. Give credit where it's due. And uh, you try to take it. You try to build some momentum off of it. And Cincinnati gets a win. I still think they're a bottom-tier team in the Big 12, but a win's a win. You beat Houston. We're giving you that number 11 spot, Cincinnati. At number 10, TCU. They looked dead in the water in the fourth quarter. And then, of course, the fourth quarter happened, and they scored 20 points, and they came back against Texas, and they made it a game late. But TCU has really struggled this year. they got to win their final two games to become bowl eligible, and that is one year after reaching the national championship game. That would be a bad look. There would certainly be some of the, um, some of the enthusiasm around Sonny Dykes, would be lost if you can't get to a bowl game the year after making a national championship game. That's just a bad... No no one's saying you had to get to the playoff or win the Big 12 this year or even get to a Big 12 title game. But you're not going to make a bowl game the year after getting to a national championship game? I know you had a lot of new pieces, a lot of new parts, 
But uh, that's a bad look for this coaching staff and for this program. I don't think last year was lucky, but it makes last year come off as lucky when you don't get to a bowl game the year after making a national championship, even though I know a lot of pieces are gone, but still, national title last year. Can't get to a bowl game this year in the Big 12? Come on now. So TCU's at 10. At number nine, I've got West Virginia. They had a chance to put themselves in a position to compete for a Big 12 title appearance the last two weeks. And instead, they did what the Mountaineers have typically done in Norman, and that is lay a massive egg. This team still might finish 8-4, and four, but it's still not clear to me that even if the Mountaineers go 8-4, and four, Neil Brown's the guy. Now, I don't know how you fire a guy who just goes 8-4 and four and who exceeds all the expectations, but it's clear that a guy like Garrett Green is not going to lift you to Big 12 title contention. I mean, he's good. He's got nice wheels. But if they're not dominating on the ground, then that's not the guy that's going to get the job done. That's just a reality for him. Number eight on the power rankings this week in the Big 12, UCF. Who are you, UCF? Up from number 12 to number eight, they take down the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Can you believe that for crying out loud? 45-3. to three. We all know what happened there. Uh, these are wild times at UCF. Holy smokes. Credit to them. What a performance. They're up to number eight. Very impressive stuff. So UCF is eight in the power rankings. At number seven, Kansas dropping from three to seven. I know they came back against Texas Tech. I understand they had a chance late with a third-string quarterback. That's a pretty good showing. But all in all, you know, Kansas was rolling, and then they laid an egg. And I can't put it at the feet of the defense. You know, the offense had some questionable goal line decisions there. And to me, that's what this game came down to as much as anything else. So Kansas falls from three to seven. And number six, Texas Tech. You know how this goes. I put emphasis on the previous week. Not everything, but I put a little extra emphasis on the previous week. So I've got Texas Tech up from eight to number six. They've now won two in a row. And don't look now. We know how the next couple of games goes, at least if you're a Texas Tech fan. You've got a major showdown on Black Friday against Texas. But before you get there, you got to play UCF this weekend. And hey, it's getting interesting right now for the Red Raiders. Baron Morton's back, getting healthy, looking good. There's a lot to like about where things are trending in Lubbock. Not that this season hasn't still been a disappointment. It has. But, you know, you finish strong. It'll change a lot of people's opinions going into the offseason. No doubt about that. At number five in the power rankings, Oklahoma State off of the number one spot after putting up a total turd on Saturday in Central Florida. Uh, they were still stuck thinking about Bedlam. It was an awful performance, as bad of a performance you will see after a big win. I mean, that had South Alabama flashbacks to it that game. From the coaching staff to the players, Nobody was into this game, and it was over quickly. Now, there is some history here. Oklahoma State has lost every game following a Bedlam win dating back to 1995, discounting the wins that ended in the regular season. Once again, follow me there. For the last 28 years, when Oklahoma State wins Bedlam, 
and that game is not the last game of the season. The Cowboys have lost it every time. Now, it's only a handful of games, but still, it tells you a lot, right, about this game. So Oklahoma State is number five in the power rankings. Number four, Iowa State, seemingly getting better by the week, went on the road, tough environment, dominated BYU start to finish, big bounce back after that home loss to Kansas. But now Iowa State has as tough a close as there is in the Big 12, taking on Texas and Kansas State to wrap up the season. At number three in the power rankings, Kansas State. Wildcats dominate Baylor, not hard to do, but still. Impressive performance. Will Howard breaks the school record for passing touchdowns. The Wildcats are right in the thick of the Big 12 title hunt, looking to repeat as conference champs. And um, there was no hangover from that tough loss to Texas two weeks ago. But now they got a tough road ahead as well. Kansas and then Iowa State. So this thing's going to work itself out between these two teams. And then at number two, the Oklahoma Sooners. You get a 39-point win over West Virginia. My goodness. If that OU team had shown up the last couple of weeks, OU does not have losses to Kansas and Oklahoma State. Now, they still are in the mix for the Big 12 title race because of the craziness that's ensued. However, that Oklahoma team that I watched on Saturday against West Virginia, that was a different animal than what we saw the previous two weeks. So OU goes up from four to two and at number one in the power rankings, Texas. Now the problem for Texas is they can't finish off teams. They nearly blew a late lead against TCU. They're up 20 points in the fourth quarter, had to sweat it out. Go back a month ago, Texas led Houston 21 zip. They had to sweat that one out 31, 24, go to the Kansas state game. They were up 20 points. They had to go to overtime to win that one. Texas has a closing problem, but they got a lot of talent. Quinn Ewers is healthy. They got a good win, and um, they're number one in our Big 12 football power rankings this week. So there you go. All right, I'm Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports. Hit the thumbs up button there on uh, YouTube, if you would. If you're on the podcast, leave us a five-star rating and review. We'd greatly appreciate that. And um, if you want to send me a screenshot of that rating and review, we got this right here for you, this Heartland College Sports koozie. Don't miss out on that when you send me a screenshot of your rating and review. And hop on to our free Big 12 message boards. We're interacting with you Big 12 fans there every single day. And obviously, the topic of discussion on the message boards this week has been the Big 12 tiebreaker situation. What a mess. There's nothing else to say other than what a mess. So on Wednesday this week, we got clarification from the Big 12 on the tiebreaker procedure. All right, so here's uh, the message that was sent out by Big 12 officials on Wednesday afternoon. In the event of a multiple team tie, head-to-head wins take precedence. If all the tied teams are not common opponents, the tied team that defeated each of the other tied teams earned the championship berth. There have been no changes to any rules regarding Big 12 football tiebreaker procedures, which were agreed upon prior to the season and went into effect August of 2023. That is the message that was sent out by Big 12 officials on Wednesday afternoon. Now, 
this is clarifying something that we all think should be true. Oklahoma State, if it ends in a three-way tie with Oklahoma and Kansas State, if those three teams end 7-2, and two, obviously Oklahoma State should be in. They've beaten both of those teams. I don't think anybody's going to argue with that. That's not debatable, right? If you're Oklahoma State and you've beaten Kansas State and Oklahoma and somehow there was some wacky tiebreaker rule that allowed them to get in over you, then I'd be sitting here and saying, why bother playing the games, right? Like, what's the point? So the Big 12 is doing the right thing, clarifying this very obvious rule. The issue here has been the lack of clarity around the rule. That's been the issue. We did a whole special show on YouTube in the podcast on Monday night. It was myself and Brian Clinton, our managing editor at Heartland College Sports. I'm telling you, this poor guy, man. Say a prayer for Brian this week if you're uh, <laughs> if you do that, because I had this guy, you know, four hours on Monday reading through the rules and putting together multiple tiebreaker scenarios based on how the rules were written and how they were being interpreted. So we do this whole show, and then it turns out, well, that's not actually the case. And the Big 12 is like, yeah, I mean, obviously, if Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, and Kansas State all end up 7-2, and two, then Oklahoma State gets in because they've beaten both of those teams. It's like, okay, but that was in no way clear in the rules. So that's the point of contention. And listen, I talked to some folks in the Big 12 offices, and, you know, they, like, they're people, too. They can read the rules, and, and they're like, yeah, it could have been clarified a little bit better. That's that's obvious, right? No one's denying that um, in the people I've talked to and the conversations I've had. No, no one's denying that. But what I'm surprised about is the way that Kansas State and Oklahoma fans are going full-blown conspiracy mode on this. Now, OU fans, to some degree, I understand it because... Uh, They're always looking for a good conspiracy, whether it's on the officials or this. But here's what I would say to either fan base, and I say this with all the respect in the world, because I love you guys just like I love every fan base in this league. But are you really going to try to make an argument that you should theoretically get into a Big 12 championship game when you have the same conference record as somebody who beat you? Would that seem right? For the, if you want to be mad at the Big 12 for the lack of clarity, I, I, I'm not going to stop you on that front. I'm not going to sit here and say you're wrong. I'm not going to sit here and say that you don't have a point. But to say, hey, this is ridiculous, we should be getting in over a 7-2 and Oklahoma State if you're Oklahoma or Kansas State, I, come on. If the roles were reversed... And you had head-to-head wins if you're Kansas State over the two Oklahoma schools or if you're Oklahoma over Kansas State and Oklahoma State. You'd be screaming bloody murder too. And you'd have a right to. You would absolutely have a right to. So clearly, I would say in August, there was a lack of clarity when it came to how the Big 12 went about putting this new tiebreaker scenario to paper. Right? That's very clear. But for now, let's play the games this weekend. Let's see how it all works out. Here's what's going to happen. And I'm saying this somewhat tongue-in-cheek. But you know Oklahoma State's going to like lose to Houston this weekend, right? Like They're going to like get blown out by Houston by like three touchdowns. 
It's not my prediction. I'm not making... No, 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 no. Don't go place your money on the Cougars. I'm not making that bet. I'm just facetiously saying here that I could see these games playing out this weekend in a way nobody predicts, and then it's like, we got all wrapped up over what? We still got a couple of games to go here. But I will say, if there is a chance after the games on Saturday that we could end the season with four teams tied for first place at 7-2, and two, then the Big 12 has got to put out a statement on Sunday telling us what the heck's going on and how the hell this is all going to work out. Because here's how this could go. If Iowa State beats Texas this weekend and then Oklahoma beats BYU, Oklahoma State beats Houston, and then Kansas State beats Kansas... We have a situation where all those teams, if they win next week, would be tied at 7-2. and two. They would all be 6-2 and two in conference play. That's how that would work. So right now, you got to look at it and you got to say to yourself, okay, this is a bizarre scenario. Nobody could have ever predicted it. And the Big 12 has to make it very clear what can happen come the final weekend of the regular season. And by the way, There would actually be, in that scenario, a five-way tie atop the Big 12. I forgot Iowa State would obviously be 6-2 as well. If Kansas State wins against Kansas, Iowa State beats Texas, Oklahoma wins at BYU, Oklahoma State beats Houston, and Texas, of course, would lose to Iowa State, you've got five teams at 6-2. Now, the season can't end that way. Because Kansas State and Iowa State play each other next weekend. But you could have a four-way tie atop the Big 12 Conference standings. Think about that. Come next Saturday night, we could be sitting here in a four-way tie for first place. And it doesn't take a lot of crazy for that to happen. So if that does play out that way, there has to be clarity. The Big 12 should just put out basically a chart on Sunday. If Texas wins, then this. If this team wins, then that. Here is every team's path because this has gotten confusing. And you do have the conspiracy theorists on social media running wild. I don't buy into any of it. Here's what I think ultimately happened. Big 12 wrote these tiebreaker rules. Somebody wrote them in the Big 12 offices, right? Um, And every scenario wasn't properly thought out. If you want to call it clarifying rules, you want to call it, I don't think it's a rewriting of the rules, but just confirming what we all know should be true, which is if you have a head-to-head win over two other teams that you're tied with, you should get in. Whatever you want to call it, obviously social media and message boards and everything else has been insane this week. So the Big 12 should just be fully transparent, put out the scenarios on Sunday, And that way, we're not spending two, three, four days trying to figure out what the heck's going on. And, you know, we're not doing half-hour shows breaking down what we think is the tiebreaker rules when it's really not the tiebreaker rules. So that would be my recommendation to the Big 12. That's it. And it's not not knocking them at all. It's just like, hey, let's be fully transparent. Let's have full clarity. Let's take this conversation completely off the table. And let's all move ahead. That's it. Let's have a fun final week. That way, it's all about the football. It's not about the drama. It's not about the uh, you know conspiracies that are running rampant. It's not about any of that. 
It's just about the football, and let's have some fun playing that football. Uh, Let's go to some of your comments here on Facebook and YouTube on the show. It's always good to have you guys. On Heartland College Sports, I'm Pete Mundo. Let's go, let's go, let's go. All right. I, a lot of you are asking different scenarios. And I, here's the thing. I don't think anybody can feel confident right now talking about different scenarios. Like, I'll give you an example. Victor says here, Pete, is Texas a must-win this week to make the Big 12 championship game since they essentially are eliminated with a loss and both Oklahoma teams winning out? I, 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 Victor, I, I wish I could answer it for you, my man. I want to answer that for you. I don't know how to answer that for you. If Texas, of course, loses this weekend, then obviously Iowa State would have the tiebreaker over them. But then if Iowa State loses next week to Kansas State and Texas beats Texas Tech, well, Texas then has the tiebreaker over Kansas State because they've beaten Kansas State. If it's only a, you know, depending on how, who's tied with who in that scenario. So if Kansas State hands Iowa State a loss after Iowa State beats Texas, Texas would still be in a good spot. The issue for Kansas State now is they have losses to Oklahoma State and Texas, two of the teams who are going to be in the mix here the last couple of weeks. You'd rather be, in many ways, a team like Oklahoma State, who just has a bad loss to UCF, right? Like, in many ways, if you're going to be tied in this situation, you want to have your losses be to teams that aren't in the mix because then you don't have to worry about the head-to-head. So that's what actually makes it beneficial in many ways for Oklahoma State because one of their losses is to UCF, who's not really in the picture, or Oklahoma State's losses is to UCF. Whereas when you look at Kansas State, they've got the Oklahoma State loss and they have the Texas loss. That's what makes it tricky for them right now. Texas has the Oklahoma loss, and Texas obviously controls its own destiny if they went out, clearly they're in. Then it's just a battle for the number two team. But that's that's what makes this thing so hairy. Uh, Tyler says, I really like the idea of divisions to allow each division champion to be able to play a full round robin to then be determined. You know, um, I loved when the Big 12 had 10 teams and went round robin. That was a brilliant idea. Divisionless round robin made all the sense in the world. Now, obviously, it's a unique situation where you're going to have 16 teams. And what I've been saying since the summer is you do four pods, round robin, and then if you want to break it off into divisions from there, north, south, east, west, whatever you want to do, okay, I'm open to that. But I thought four pods was the play, but now, obviously, we know what the Big 12 is doing. Um, there are no pods involved. There's no nothing involved. It's just one through what'll be 16. And that's going to make the tiebreaker situation very hairy because it's going to be even less likely that let's say there's a three-way tie. All those three teams will have played each other in some capacity. That's going to be less likely every year when you have 16 teams in the conference. So that's, that's what makes this a, a very, very difficult situation. And the Big 12 has to make it very, very clear especially when you're going to go to 16 teams next year. I'm Pete Mundo on Heartland College Sports. Uh, These are wild, wild times, but also fun times. This is what we live for, my man, right? My woman, my man, whatever. Whoever you are watching, all of you are watching, thousands of you watching right now and listening to the show uh, over the next day or 
to whatever it might be. We are so grateful you're here. On Thursday, I'll give you my picks. I got to bounce back from last week. I went 0-3, my first 0 for week of the season. I'm still 15-11-1 on the year, by the way. So I'm doing well. I'm above 500, but I stunk up the joint last week because I made the classic sports betting mistake of betting emotion, not my head. I used my heart, not my head, and it bit me right in the butt. So I'm not going to make that mistake again. I'm not going to screw that up again. And I'm going to have some good picks for you coming up on Thursday night. So make sure you're subscribed to the show. You're listening. And that way we get those picks all lined up. All right. Thank you guys for being here. As always, subscribe, hit the like button on YouTube, join the message boards. We got a lot of great conversations. A lot of new folks are coming into the message boards. We're having some fun with you there. I spend basically, you know, my whole day just monitoring our message boards. So a great way to converse with other Big 12 fans. And if you want the koozie, five-star rating and review on the uh, podcast. We appreciate you guys. Have a great rest of your day. We've got an awesome week of Big 12 football ahead, and we'll talk to you soon on Heartland College Sports. Take care.